one. Over the last couple of months, we have been digging deeper into the area of the practice of corporate presence, of taking ground in spirit together. And where we have come to at this part of the journey is looking at how do we receive from God and the importance of us learning to experientially receive from God. Now, rather than doing another teaching on that, what I wanted to do for this session is I wanted us to hear from some of our own people around their own experiences of the sort of faith that they grew up with or came into, um, all of which were a lot more on the traditional end of the scale. Um, what was the transition points between, you know, when did they start to actually experience God in a tangible, manifested way, um, in an experiential way? And what is the difference that that has made and how do they enter into it? And is that something that they can access regularly? So I, I put a number of questions to them and this was to Hannah, to Sarah and to Steve. I put a number of questions to them around that and got them to talk about their own journey. And what I want you to look for is, as you listen for the journey, is what are some of the things that resonate with you? Because there may be ways that you're experiencing God and you haven't recognized that it's Him. So I want you to listen for some of that, but just listen to their journeys, listen to their stories, listen to how they access the presence of God and see what you can learn and apply to your own lives. I actually learned stuff listening to these guys and I know you will too. So hang around for the duration and really learn from these guys. Bless you. So I grew up in a small church and it was mainly a bunch of old people that went there. Um, but it was more of like you go to church on a Sunday because you're a good Christian and then you do your normal work routine, whatever, throughout the week and then you come to church. So it was kind of, yeah, that kind of mentality, I guess, and it wasn't anything far from that. Yeah, so I didn't really experience God. I guess it was more like of the motions, like this is what I'm supposed to do, okay, so yeah, I just, I just do it because that's how and what I'm supposed to experience, I guess. It wasn't like a, oh, like glory to God, this is amazing. It was more like, okay, it's just kind of a routine of what I kind of did, yeah. I was brought up with a, in a very strong Christian family. My mother was a very strong Christian, my dad not so much. Um, but church, Anglican church um, as a kid, very traditional, conservative, um, had a, was always curious about faith and Jesus and definitely identified for myself as a Christian. When I turned 13, that sort of became more formalized um, and I made a commitment and then went to youth group, enjoyed church, um, probably started going to a bit more of a contemporary church when I was a teenager, which meant that I started I guess engaging in, um, I guess, modern music. <laughs> I wasn't aware of his presence in terms of experientially. Like I felt he was near, I felt he was hearing my prayer, I felt I could talk to him, um, I felt like I could read about him and understand him through the Bible. But I didn't um, really have that sort of, now that I have a different experience of that, I, I see it as a bit more of a, um, yeah, had probably a head knowledge. Um, I had a heart knowledge, but it was not as deeply formed as it is currently now. And it was, um, 
probably yeah just limited in in my the depth of understanding that I had I think yeah my parents were Methodists and the church that I grew up in was a uniting church which uh, was actually a pretty healthy uniting church when I was there um, it, it was life-giving uh, I would mean something by that different now than I would have then but it wasn't dry it was um, it was a place of engagement to the extent that I knew how to engage with the life of God um, back then I think all of the Christian life uh, all of the Christian life was worship that's what Romans 12 says um, and all of the Christian life and all of worship seems to me to be some kind of weird mysterious interplay between encounter engagement and expression um, and I don't think they're linear. I, I don't think we encounter something of, of our father and then engage that thing and then give expression to that engagement. Um, to quote Doctor Who, it's more wibbly-wobbly <laughs> than that. Um, but I think what's happened for me, just the longer you draw breath and if you keep having a crack, um, you will just encounter things about your father you hadn't encountered before and that almost accidentally changes how you engage with him. It turns out he's much more kind and generous than I ever realised before, so my engagement with him feels safer and less judged, um, and so the expression of it becomes freer. It just, it's just a, a self-feeding interplay between encounter engagement and expression. I think growing up I always had a sense of engagement with what I was saying when I was worshipping in sung worship. Um, and so for me I've never just stood up and sung words because everybody else was singing words. There was always part of me that was invested in the words that were coming out of my lips. I realised sometime in about the mid-90s that there was a blockage though about me giving any expression to that with my body. Uh, so my heart was engaged, my lips were engaged, my head was engaged. Um, but if you've been looking at me from the outside, I think you, you would have not necessarily been able to tell that from a distance, which is neither good nor bad, it's just interesting. Um, and I remember being in Bathurst Baptist Church in the mid-90s and standing next to a guy called Jason Fox who gave expression to things pretty freely. And I just remember looking at him and going... I just wish that more of my personhood was engaged with what's happening for me at the moment. And the only way that I could add more of my personhood to what was happening for me at that time was to engage my body in it. Um, and so a shift for me was from bodily passivity, inwards engagement, but bodily passivity into bodily engagement with, um, with the God encounter um, in worship. So it was when I was 17 and I went to Bible school in New Zealand and they were talking and one of the head guys, he was just having like a talk about how you actually have to experience God and have a personal relationship with him. And I'm like, what? Like it seems so foreign to me. I was like, you're supposed to have a relationship with God. And then that's when everything changed for me. So I kept asking questions and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And just kind of kept like reading into the scriptures and all that kind of stuff. And then I remember calling my dad and being like, dad, do you know you're actually supposed to have a personal relationship with God? And he's like, yeah, you didn't know that. I was like, no, no one told me. <laughs>
It was more of a conservative kind of like school that I went to, but then all of a sudden I'm just like crying and I'm like, my hands are raised and people are like, what's going on? But I just knew, like it was just this full on like encounter and it was amazing. Yeah, for me it was kind of like an overwhelming kind of like, like rush, kind of like whoosh, and I was like, what the heck? Like it was just like, it just seemed so real. Like it was like this almost kind of like a click kind of thing that kind of changed in me. And I was like, wow. And it was just more of like a, a hunger. I had a hunger to read more of the scriptures. I had a hunger to actually pursue God and have like an actual relationship with him instead of just doing the motions, I guess. Yeah. Um, things were shifting probably from early, sort of early 2000s. So that was my mid twenties and um, we sort of were experienced experienced a um, movement called Cleansing Streams, which is about deliverance. And, and then somebody was describing to me um, that a demonic kind of manifestation in a Christian person, and I was like blown, mind blown, because I thought, oh no, you're a Christian, you can't have a demonic kind of manifestation or and so that just opened up a whole can of worms of investigating and trying to understand. Uh, I guess the supernatural world and trying to understand what is this um, that we hear about, we read about, but I just had no real grid for. Um, and then uh, that journey took us into more learning about healing, learning about supernatural sort of experiences of God. And then um, Steve and a, lot, a bunch of colleagues of his pastors um, began to sort of really explore the supernatural sort of experiences of God. And because they did, I started investigating as well and just um, started hearing people talk about um, testimonies, so many testimonies and people preaching about um, people being healed, people having these encounters with God that were um, really um, just stuff I'd never really heard about. Um, but just so many testimonies. And one particular thing that really shifted my thinking around my own personal position with God, I think, was um, Graham Cook uh, did ran a conference and spoke at a conference that I was at. And he was talking about not praying to God, or no, not praying to heaven, but praying from heaven to earth. And I totally turned my head upside down and I was like <laughs> it was awesome and um, just shifted my perspective on where my placement was as a Christian. And Early experiences would have been with the cleansing streams um, movement was actually feeling physically things be being freed from things um, so freed from um, different sort of I don't know things that I felt were hot, like I had asthma and I, I felt that that was a release from asthma and there was a release from some fears that I'd had um, and I could just felt a shift in, in me. I started noticing in my body um, just some shaking happening in my body so my arm would actually shake, my hand would shake, um, my right hand would start shaking and then I was like what is that and then I just let it happen. I was like, I've, I had heard people say, look, if you, you can shut it down if you want to have that choice. But I was like, I don't want to shut it down. I think this is God. It would always happen in worship, in corporate worship. And if I was praying with God and I felt like he was really present, um, I would feel a weightiness and I would sort of feel this shaking starting to happen. 
Um, I also kind of received the gift of tongues and, and when I started speaking in tongues, I would notice these things starting to happen as well. And I would notice um, just, I, I often would get emotional as well, tears. So um, if I really felt that I was praying um, or worshipping or, um, and I, I just would feel an emotion rise up, um, tears rise up. I just started paying attention to things and different feelings in my body that would happen when I f felt God, God's presence was, presence was moving. I felt very hot at different times, not all the time, but that's been something I've felt. I've um, definitely felt pushed back, my, my body pushing back when I feel like a, a heaviness sort of coming towards me, like a wave of heaviness and I would sort of feel my body push back. I would also sort of shake from side to side. Um, so they're different manifestations that I have noticed over time. Um, we, during corporate worship, those sorts of things happen. And it's just paying attention and noticing it and then seeing it come again and again and again. And not for me, I just, my advice is don't shut it down. Let it, let it flow. Um, and I also laugh sometimes and dance sometimes and <laughs> now I paint so <laughs> it's like then I get pictures. I've never heard a voice. I hear a small voice but not a big voice so. <laughs>for me a lot of times it's in worship is when I experience him the most but also when I'm in nature because I'm a big like nature freak but I love being outside and just experiencing like him I can just feel him everywhere wherever I'm going and it's just like this kind of thing you can't get off me it's like this sticky kind of like in my face kind of thing but um yeah a lot of times it's worship or it's outside and in nature and just he just talks to me and I'm like okay wow god or I or I get just like smashed off my face. I'm like, okay, God, I'm crying, but this is awesome. This is so cool. I'm a big feeler. So it's like I feel things or I see pictures or I can hear him saying stuff in my head. It's not like it's a loud, audible voice, but it's more like, okay, wow, God, like you're showing me this picture. Okay, this is cool. Or yeah, like I get a sense of what he's saying. It's more of I'm a big feeler. So just feeling kind of what, you know, he's saying to me. It's just a lot of peace. Like it's just this peace that kind of resonates within me. And I know, like I just know that it's him yeah I tune into it readily happily and and for me now it's quicker like I can sense those things a lot quicker these days so I can come from into a worship's time um, corporate worship or even personal worship at home or while I'm painting and yeah I can come to it from a very domestic kind of mind frame like driving the car or you know shopping or and, it, and I just have to stop for, I don't know, half a minute, a minute, and just let it just, just stop and just let, I don't know, just absorb the moment that I'm in and absorb the worship, start connecting with God, saying, hey, I'm, you know, how you going, whatever. I'm here, I'm ready, um, ready to connect. And then I just, just start singing. So I might not feel anything, but I'll just start singing and engaging in worship. And then all of a sudden those things just start to activate. Um, but it's a little bit of, I sometimes if I don't feel very you know, worshipful, I just have to start singing. I just have to start raising my hands and those sorts of actions 
sort of turn into, become and lead into um, an experiential kind of discourse, I think, between God and, and you know, just joining in with what's happening in the room and the atmosphere of the room as well. So. Well, I am refreshed, a lot more refreshed. Um, I know that because it's happens quite regularly I know it's not a mystery it's like it's it is a bit mysterious like but it's also not um, foreign or something that I have to really hope for you know I really hope God touches me today I don't I don't ever feel desperate like that I'm never gonna I, I just feel like it's really um, can't think of the word it is close, like he's close. Um, I can access that. Any, anytime I just want to stop and put my mind to it, I'm just like, I know he's near because I've felt him in my body. Like I know the spirit is near and close. I think something that's shifted in me has been, we think that there's, a, um, there's only so much God's gonna give us and then it stops. And I think I've really realized it's never gonna stop. Like. Creativity will, I don't ever have to be desperately hoping for an idea and holding on to that idea because it, it might be the only good idea I'll ever have. Like, that's, it's just constantly flowing. And so that's a creative um, analogy there. But I believe that's the same with feeling and, and knowing and experiencing this God um, is that it just doesn't stop and it doesn't have to stop and we're the ones that shut it down really rather than him shutting it down so um yeah that river of life just doesn't stop <laughs> weirdly probably my two good fits are um i find it easy easier to hear what the lord has to say for someone else once i'm already in motion so I am terrible at activation exercises. I get nothing ever for anyone, not me, not the bloke next to me, not the woman at the back, nothing in engagement, in, in activation activities. Um, but if, if it's real life, if we're going for it and I'm in, it, I, I, don't, I don't go looking for stuff to give to people. I just find that it happens really genuinely accidentally. And then the question is, am I gonna give expression to that? And that still remains a question that there is a no answer for. I just, I'm, I'm trying to answer it yes as often as possible. But the other way that sometimes I find important to really begin to hear from the Lord for me, but also for others is stillness. So I've got this kind of, he loves bodies in motion, but he also loves bodies who know the value of being still. Um, and there are some things I don't think I would have heard from him had I not intentionally stopped and slowed myself down and, and, and let him find me. Again, I think um, how you know when you're experiencing God functions differently for different people, but if the thing that's happening for me is transforming in a way that makes me more like Jesus, is good in a way that makes me less anxious, um, is alive in the way that makes me more engaged with the people around me, uh, I'll, I'll just assume, well, that, that sounds a lot like something Holy Spirit would get up to. Um, Beyond that, I, 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 I just get a sensation in my body. Sometimes it's raised hairs on my arms, but not always. But it, it's a sensation similar to that. Uh, at some point along the way, and I can't remember exactly when, I started getting what back in the Wesleyan revivals were called the Methodist jerks. Um, 
and the first time I can remember, it's not the first time I can remember getting it, but the first time I can really remember going, oh wow, there's something on this weird, slightly embarrassing twitching. Um, a guy called Leif Hetland was talking and he, he was talking about how the church was kind of entering into what he was talking about as a baptism of love. And I was sitting in a room that had a lot of expensive artwork on the wall behind me. Um, and as he said the word baptism of love, my body flung back and my head slammed about that far below a, a piece of artwork I could not have paid to replace. Um, and I just remember thinking, A, wow, I bet everyone saw that. Um, and B, I guess God wants me to pay attention to this idea of the baptism of love. And, and that's why the Spirit's just saying, don't miss this. And um, so raised hairs and the kind of sensation that goes along with that for me has become a way of God letting me in on, it's okay, I've got this. Twitching has become a way of, it seems the Lord letting me in on, you better pay attention now, <laughs> we're dialing it up. Uh, and beyond that, it just, it is what it is and you work it out as you go. I just, I'll just have to sit for a second and then I can be like, all right, God, just come. And then it's just, it's like almost like an overwhelming sensation that I'm just like, if you picture like a waterfall and it's just coming down, like that's what I feel. It's just like this bucketing, 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 like feeling of just going and it's, yeah. Dive in. No, you know what? I actually think this is going to sound weird, but being trained in drama sounds weird, I know, but it because you are trained in freedom, freeing up your body, freeing up your mind, freeing up your your emotions, you actually and free you are trained in freedom. And so I think um, you, you're, you are trained to loosen up your body, to fill space with your body. So this is, you don't feel sort of constrained um, in terms of your kinesthetic, um, I don't know, what you take up, the space you take up. Um, a lot of people are very constrained in their body and they are scared to take up space. But in drama and I'm sure in dance as well, you are trained to take up space. Um, and you are trained to free up your body, you're trained to free up your voice and sing loud, be loud, use different tonality um, for expression, you're trained to use your face um, and you're just trained to be free and loose and I think that is probably key to why I'm not scared because um, that's... Because you know how to let go. Yeah, 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 and, and improvisation is about breaking down fear of the unknown because in improvisation classes you never know what's coming and you have to work with it. You never know what someone else is going to give you or throw at you and you have to work with it to make a scene or a story work and I think that's a part of, I think that's a part of me being able to not be scared of jumping in the river. I think, I think freedom in our bodies is a big key step forward. Um, I think the whole demonstration of raising arms, putting out your arms, I think that is a part of that breaks down that idea of being physically free and that's why, um, yeah, that's why that is such a, I guess, a hallmark of freedom in worship is this ability to raise arms and, and be free in your body and dancing as well is another sign of, of freedom in worship because um, you're not... You're, you're not paying 
you're not concerned about the thoughts and opinions of others. You're just concerned about your own personal um, expression of your body and your movement and your kinesthetic being, part of your being, just worshipping God. So it's the, probably the most important shift for me from engagement to, to actually receiving, to me being transformed in, um, in the worship moment. But that isn't the most important transition for me. The most important transition I think for me was actually the transition from engagement to receiving to giving. And that moment where I realised, oh wow, it's actually, it's not the cat at the front of the room with the microphone who's giving during the worship time. Uh, it's all of us giving to each other or not. And there's a wild difference between a room of people who in worship are all giving to each other and a room of people who have one man or woman giving to them. That's, that's a profoundly different experience um, and I've I've found being part of rooms that without meaning to there's not a plan there's not an announcement there's not a whistle blow and announce the time just being in a room full of people who who came to worship expecting to to be engaged and as they gave expression to that um, to, to be useful to the other people around them in worship as well weirdly for me as someone who's wildly overeducated and has trouble turning their brain off, the, the worship experience has become fuel and therapy. And I don't think I could pull off the weeks that I pull off if I didn't get that fuel. And I don't think I'd be able to maintain holistic wellness, uh, body, mind and soul, unless I got that therapy which is why to be in a, in a highly oxygenated worship environment is crucially important if I'm going to live a life that's being transformed in my own character and behaviour and loving the poor and caring for creation and giving creative expression to the presence of heaven on earth and praying for the sick and helping others discover Jesus. I've I got no clue how I'd pull that off without meeting God pretty consistently in worship. And courage, huge amount of courage and bravery to just be free, to just live the freedom you've been, that's been won for you. And yeah. I think not caring what the people around you think is a really important ingredient. Um, and that's deeply connected to how confident you are in Christ and how, how completely lost in wonder you are at our Father. If you, if you get that, nothing else matters.